Welcome back, henchmen, to another episode of the Deadly Podcast of Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains of Man, where I, JVD, attempt to traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artists in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. If you want to talk about the podcast, comics, or anything in general, check out me over on Twitter, at Villains Man. Now, uh, before we get started today with uh, Master of Kung Fu Giant Size, or before we get started today with Giant Size Master of Kung Fu 4, uh, kind of, I'm going to break down some news here real quick. First of all, over on our other podcast for Bill's Man, The Crossover Collision, uh, myself and Evan the Great currently have the Crossover Collision Tournament 2021 going on. Uh, we're here in the second round of the tournament as Ultraman from Japanese hero Tokusatsu fandom is taking on Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Uh, last week we had Godzilla versus the Mighty Thor from Marvel Comics. And next week on the tournament in the third round of the quarterfinals is the highly anticipated Kratos versus Goku. Uh, that should be pretty interesting. That's probably going to catch a lot of buzz. And after that, wrapping up the quarterfinals is Amazon's hottest character, Invincible, taking on the leader of the Decepticons in Megatron. Now, uh, as in for some news related here on the podcast, uh, here recently, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings debuted over on Disney+. Plus. I watched it twice in the opening weekend, and uh, hopefully if you haven't seen that movie, you've watched it by now. And uh, Speaking of Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu, uh, he's going to be on Sesame Street introducing the first Asian-American Muppet named Gi Young. That's pretty exciting. I'll be watching that because my daughter is a huge fan of Sesame Street. And uh, she can't get enough Elmo or Cookie Monster. And I can't get enough of Oscar the Grouch. Go figure, right? So that's pretty exciting. And uh, we know here recently, Marvel has announced that starting in February 2022, we're getting a new Iron Fist miniseries. At the beginning of this year, we had Heart of the Dragon, which eventually... In a couple years down the road, we will hit continuity with that Iron Fist story. But this is a new Iron Fist, and there's a lot of rumors on the internet who this Iron Fist could be. And I don't want to discuss those, because, you know, that'll play into when that episode gets here. But uh, the uh, uniform for uh, Iron Fist looks pretty nice. Uh, if it doesn't remind you of anything Shang-Chi would wear, I don't know what it was, but we'll just kind of leave it at that. Now, well, let's get to the matter at hand here at Master of Kung Fu with the uh, Giant Size number four. This is the last issue for uh, Giant Size. It didn't run very long. The uh, first half of the book is a two-part Shang-Chi story, while the uh, last part of the book is individual Jimmy Woo stories, which I will only be covering the Shang-Chi stuff. But if you want to cover Jimmy Woo, I know he's become very popular with WandaVision here at the beginning of the year. So uh, go ahead and take the time to read those if you want. But without further ado, let's get into part one of Giant Size Number 4 called Why a Tiger Claw. A speeding reckless cab flies through the busy New York City streets as its annoying driver, Rufus T. Hackzabber, is being held at gunpoint during a series of bank heists. Crashing into their set location, the robbers set to stealing the money before turning on Rufus for his fares. Upon leaving, they are ambushed by Shang-Chi. As the cops arrive to make the arrest on both them and Shang-Chi, Rufus rushes in, with his taxi to save our hero, only to allow the robbers to jump in their getaway car that is arriving. With his motive being that he needs 780, he gives robbers chase with Shang-Chi at his side. Unfortunately, these allies give chase as Shang-Chi quickly finds out how annoying Rufus can actually be. 
Despite obstacles getting in the way and losing the robbers, our heroes eventually find the robber's car that they have fled into the sewers. Meanwhile, Fu Manchu is on the hunt for Tiger Claw. See, Fan Lodge Master has gone rogue during the conflict between him and his daughter, Fa Solu. He orders that the traitor be punished by a slow and painful death. For fear that Fu Manchu is involved in the 12 robberies that have taken place, Sir Dennis Nayland Smith is contacted by the police. Black Jack tolerating him both set out to hunt the bank robbers themselves. Back in the sewers, Shang-Chi and Rufus catch up to the robbers, catching a ride on a train to take them to their destination to drop off the stolen cash. As it stops, Shang-Chi ambushes them again, but this time he stops them, finding out that they work for a man who calls himself Tiger Claw. So for the first part of the story, it's um, it's really slow. It's probably the slowest book so far involving Shang-Chi that I've read here on the podcast. And uh, it's probably intended to be that way, uh, especially with this character Rufus T. Hackstabber. Uh, this character was created in the likeness of Groucho Marx, if you don't know who that is. And I didn't really know who that is. I had to look this guy up. But he's the vaudeville comedian whose exaggerated features gave us the most ridiculous and memorable disguise in all of human history. It's, and you know it. Uh, you're going to know it as soon as I tell you what it is. It's the thick black glasses, the huge plastic nose, and those large bushy mustache and eyebrows known as the Groucho glasses. I didn't know they were called Groucho glasses, so I kind of got a history lesson with this book. And apparently this is kind of a nod and a wink to him. He died about two years later after this book dropped. I didn't like this character. I really thought he drug the story down, and he's kind of a complete waste of time compared to what we've seen here throughout Masters of Kung Fu and Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Uh, his dialogue is straight out of old black and white comedies, and it disrupts the whole story. It does not fit into what Shang-Chi is, and it's a very stark contrast to what the hero is. And sometimes, you know, that's meant to go really well with each other, but this character, it does not. It's completely annoying, and I really honestly wanted to stop reading this book as I was going through it. But um, I guess at the time that this book came out in you know, the mid-70s, older readers would have loved this back in the day because Groucho Marx was still very popular back then. And they probably laughed out of every quip and one-liner that the character gave because that's what the comedian did on film. Um, but in this day and age, I don't think it ages well with a newer audience. Uh, I've been reading comics for quite a long time, but a newer audience that probably just watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and it's probably gotten to comics with the MCU, probably is not going to enjoy this book. So you've been warned before I move on to part two. With that being said, we're going to take a little break. We're going to play you an ad place from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to move on to part two of this story called The Way of the Tiger of Movement in Blood. So we're continuing on here with Giant Size, Master of Kung Fu number four, part two, The Way of the Tiger of Movement in Blood. Uh, we begin with a flashback as a 10-year-old Shang-Chi hides in his father's throne room as Tiger Claw introduces himself to Fu Manchu, demanding to become one of his C-Fan Lodge Masters. After killing three assassins with his deadly combination of tiger-style kung fu and poison claws, Fu is impressed and grants their request. In the present time, Smith and Black Jack Tar arrive along with the police at the robber's vehicles in the left-behind taxi of Rufus. As he and Shang-Chi arrive with the robbers, the police attempt to arrest them all. After Smith vouches for Shang-Chi, he does the same for Rufus, knowing that his involvement in the bank was forced. As Shang-Chi explains what he had discovered to Smith and Tar, Rufus speeds away to the location of the stolen money as cab. 
Meanwhile, Fu Manchu's minions have discovered Tiger Claw is behind the bank robberies and have no clue to his motives. Revealing they know the location the traitor will be at that night, Fu Manchu orders the assassins to ambush and kill Tiger Claw. Shang-Chi, Smith, and Blackjack Tar arrive at Tiger Claw's hideout just in time to save Rufus. Before the police arrive, they learn from one of the robbers that their leader is supposed to pick up the stolen money at Rockefeller Center that night. During the exchange, Shang-Chi takes the accomplice and confronts Tiger Claw. Before the duel, C-Fan assassins appear and give their master son a chance to flee. Turn down the offer, an all-out brawl takes place, forcing our hero to save the assassins from Tiger Claw's murderous technique and poison. With only the two master martial artists left, Shang-Chi demands to know whose side Tiger Claw has joined, Fu or his sister, Philo Su. He claims neither as he sees the war as a chance to grow stronger on his own and attacks, forcing Shang-Chi to go on the defensive to avoid Tiger Claw's poison. Finally managing to find a makeshift bow staff, Shang-Chi disarms Tiger Claw and takes him out. With the money retrieved, Rufus demands what was stolen, but Smith can't do so, telling the driver that he will have to sort that out with the police. Angered at his losses, but realizing he found a new friend, Rufus gives Shang-Chi a ride to Smith's home. In a gesture of good faith, Shang-Chi gives him the fare instead of taking the free ride, paying Rufus the $7.80 he was owed. So, uh, let's talk about the main villain of this book, Tiger Claw. Uh, for a new villain, he's quite bold, standing up against Fu Manchu and showing his dominance to gain a spot in the organization, and that's pretty cool. You haven't seen a villain really stand up to Fu Manchu like this, and, uh, he done so with good reason, and apparently, I don't know what a lodge master is, but it sounds like somebody who kind of runs a hideout for the Seafan Assassins, and for him to want that spot, it must be something pretty high up. Uh, his use of poisons on the claws attached is very 70s martial arts, and I really like that. It's a, it's a good trope that you could never go wrong with at the time. Uh, after the encounter with Shatterstalker here recently, I was hoping Tiger Claw would be more important to this war, going on the back room with uh, Fu Manchu and Philo Su. But uh, obviously, he got his ass kicked, and he'll probably never show up as a another major sea fan assassin that Shang-Chi has defeated. And we know there have been quite a bit of those here recently in this uh, book. Uh, but as for this war between the father and daughter, um, I'm hoping we see more of this come to a head in Master of Kung Fu because uh, Deadly Hands literally has nothing to do with their series, and, that, and that's fine. Um, as I read these side by side, and hopefully you're listening and reading them side by side yourself, they stay separate, and that's fine. And uh, like I said, uh, Master is more of a comic book, and Deadly Hands is more about teaching a lesson to people and, and, I, and I'm fine with that I really like that about the books but um the ending is something you see coming from a mile away and being a man of justice and good you know Nathan Smith isn't going to give Rufus his money and he went through the ringer for it because it's the right thing to do in the eyes of the law and that's fine but um and it's sad because you see Shang-Chi here at the end when Rufus is throwing a fit whispering to Smith about what he's been through in the money, and they don't show you the dialogue, but you see the whispering going on as uh, Rufus gets in Blackjack Tar's face. That's a dead giveaway, and uh, you can completely see what's going to happen at the end of the story with the $7.80. And uh, after reading this issue, I can see why Giant Size Master of Kung Fu went away.
And after reading this, you can obviously tell just by how boring the story is. It's so very short. So I apologize. But hey, I'm glad these are over. I'm glad I got them out of the way. And uh, no more giant size master of kung fu. But with that, I'm JVD. You can follow me over on Twitter at VillainsMan. If you like the VillainsMan, you can search us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and over on Instagram. If you like my music, you can check out Rushing Tiger by Kuro over at SoundCloud. I'm pretty sure he would appreciate that. But wherever you see the podcast, please share it on social media. Please like it. I really appreciate that. And if you can give me a rating, please do so. I really like that. But in the end, guys, remember, support your local comic book shops. Support your favorite podcast and keep reading comics, guys.